Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. I'm Tom Rowland, and this is the Tom Rowland Podcast. On today's show, we've got my friend Patrick St. Charles. We're going to talk about a couple of events. One, Seal Fit Kokoro, a 50-hour event led by former Navy SEAL Mark Devine and his team of BUDS instructors and current Navy SEALs and all-around tough dudes. Also, we're going to talk about an event called Go Ruck Selection, which may be even one notch above the Seal Fit Kokoro in terms of difficulty. Patrick did Go Ruck Selection with me in class 015, and it didn't go so well. Then he came back and managed to make it to the top three of the most recent Go Ruck Selection class. So we're going to talk about a couple of things. One, why in the world would anyone not only want to do this once, but why in the world would somebody want to do this twice? Uh, what exactly is this? And more importantly, what can doing events like this, like Seal Fit Kokoro, Go Ruck Selection, even maybe a Seal Fit 20X, a shorter event, what can this do for you as a regular guy, as a fishing guide, as a professional? What can you gain from an event like this? What could you bring back into your life? Could this make you a better husband, a better father, a better businessman, a better fishing guide, a better tournament angler? How could an event like this allow you to see things in yourself that you come to terms with, uh, resolve? Maybe uh, all of a sudden you, you find that it's made an indelible impression on you that goes directly back into your regular life and makes you better at everything. Could, could an event like this do that for you? Well, we're going to find out when we talk to Patrick St. Charles. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about Waypoint TV. Waypoint TV is a free streaming service that has all the best hunting and fishing shows on there right now. It is free. Did I mention that it's free? Yes. It is free to the consumer. You can go there. You can see it on your smart TV, on Apple TV, Roku, on Amazon Fire, all types of devices, including your phone, tablet, and desktop computer. It is a website. It's an app. It is a free streaming service where you're going to find over 60 producers making the best outdoor content available. That is all free to you, so you can go there and binge away. Our shows are there. 
saltwater experience. You can go see over 120 episodes anytime you want for free. So check out waypointtv.com and figure out how you can watch whatever you want to watch on whatever device you want to watch it on. As they say, there is no off season. So now we're going to get to Patrick St. Charles and I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. I did. And who knows, maybe it'll make somebody out there want to challenge themselves and try one of these extreme events. So Patrick St. Charles. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, and uh, yeah, glad to do this and happy to be here. Um, and yeah, more more my background. You know, I, I kind of met Tom, thinking about this the other night. Is It's probably been close to 10 years since... <laughs> Has it really? Uh, been very close, yes. It was 2000, 2008, I believe, is when we first started. Your, and that's through Will Hunt, right? And through Will Hunt. Yeah, it's your old house. And he kind of pulled me in and um, brought me into this group and uh, crazy workouts, which I loved, and a great group of guys and been kind of stuck ever since and, and loved it. It's just become a part of my life and um, something I wouldn't do without, so. Well, that's cool. And yep. and I certainly feel the same way. We have a, for those that don't know, I have a workout habit that has spiraled completely out of control to the tune of turning my driveway into a world-class strength and conditioning facility. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and um, my wife tells me that it can only go a couple of inches further down the driveway before we have to start tearing it down because it is... <laughs> It's it's quite impressive, but uh, not as impressive as the group of people that has has come to to be a part of it. Patrick being one of them, we do it very early in the morning, and then get on with our day. It the group is mostly comprised of dads because yes, yeah. uh, because it's just um, if you're into fitness or or it's really important to you, and you're also a family man, which oftentimes means that's why you're into fitness because how can you be a good dad if you can't absolutely if you, if you can't yep. take care of yourself if you're into that um it becomes very obvious as you try to make workout um a priority in your life that if you plan for it in the afternoons there's always soccer practice there's always play practice there's drop somebody off there's a kid that's sick right. there's something Ho homework I right mean everything something yep. goes on so somewhere along the line we realized that if you got up super early that was your time and and so there's been a group of people that has kind of collected around that uh all has similar similar thoughts and so the five day a week kind of thing 
uh, works for a while until you need a little bit bigger challenge. And over the years, we've done things like Tough Mudders, Spartan races, half marathons. Guys have done full marathons. Um, you know, some of the Ragnar relays. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, the Ragnars. Ones. Yeah, those um, are good team ones too. Mud runs. Right. All yeah. kinds of crazy things like that. And then, um, then a select few have gone on to, uh, to graduate to uh, some of the SEAL Fit events, the 20X. And then there's another level of <laughs> the next level would be the SEAL Fit Kokoro. And a couple of us have done that. And then the Go Ruck Selection, I would kind of put right up there at the top of, uh, of the challenge. I so, would too. Yeah. So I, I don't have a background in the Kokoro, which Tom, I know you went and did. Um, and you can kind of have experience from both of those with selection. But mine's mainly based off the selection. But when I know the Kokoro, it I think has a lot of basis and similarities mm-hmm. um, and, and, and what's behind it and where those events come from. And Right. Well, explain, explain what selection is as you know it. So I have, and we'll talk about this in a minute. So I, I have two kind of different experiences from selection. So as Tom said earlier, I... But what is it first? Uh, so selection is, it, it's GORUCK selection. And it's based out of uh, the GORUCK company, which is Special Forces Military um, started company. Mm-hmm. Um, Green Beret, mostly. Yep, Green Beret. And they they wanted to put out backpacks is a big thing, um, but equipment, I guess, that that is mil- military worthy. Mm-hmm. Their background is they started some of these events, um, smaller ones, challenges, just team building to mainly test their equipment. And from that point, they had such a big uh, community arise from that and people wanting to do these challenges, it took off for them. And then based on these challenges, which are typical 8, 12-hour, 24-hour deals, uh, there's a lot of attention from a select few people that wanted something more. Um, hey, you know, what's the worst you can do? And I think out of that selection kind of arose and they kind of, well, I understand talking to some of the um, GORUCK staff is they kind of pulled the worst out of Hell Week and their experiences from their Special Forces Crucibles and put it all into a 48-hour event that they call selection. So, and there is a, a selection, a real selection, Correct. which is a, a, a full-on military event, how you become a, a ranger, Green Beret, right? There are different events that are um, selection-oriented. And Correct. maybe that's not, maybe, is, is that true? You go through, you go through selection to be a ranger or you go through selection to be a Green Beret? I think you go through selection to be a Green Beret. You may. I, I'm not, which I don't have a big military background. I, mean, I, I don't either. My, my family does, and that, that's one of my reasons why I really enjoy these kind of events too. Um, but I'm not sure. I, I know they all have their crucible or kind of the SEALs have their yeah. hell week or selection. Right. And, and they, they all have their, I think, week to two weeks of just punishment. Um, right. <laughs> and, and that's going to be the time where they've already gone through a tremendous amount of training. And then this is going to be an extended period. Very little sleep, very high mobility, and just just a beat down for the week. So, yep. um, so that's what that's what selection is to you. The worst, the worst <laughs> of it. Yeah, I think it, uh, it. As far as the actual event, um, what it is is kind of the worst parts. And I say the worst, but the, I guess the most demanding parts um, of these different military branches. Mm-hmm. So forty eight hours. And this was recently was your second time to do it. Correct. 
So what was it that made you want to do this in the first place, the first time? The first time, I wasn't aware of this event. Um, so I believe it was, I don't know if it's you, Tom, or another friend of ours, um, Clay Watson at the gym, but I know a few of y'all yeah, talked. He's the, he's the first one that brought it to my attention. Yeah, and so maybe it was Clay. Um, I know from coming to the gym in the mornings, uh, some whispers going on and talking <laughs> about, you know, could we do this? And it, maybe, you know, this is one of those events that not many people have accomplished. So it's kind of the event, if you do it great, a handful of people have done it. 99% of people don't make it through it. And you're, when you're saying that, you're not talking about a handful of people in our group. You're talking about a handful of people, period. Period. Have, the, yeah, who's ever signed up to do this event, right? Um, it's a less than 5% pass rate, and that's still true today. Typical one guy will finish. Yeah. Yeah. So the first class that we did was 015. It was, yeah. It was, we were in that one together. That was 2015, I believe. Mm -hmm. Correct. And so what is it that, why did you want to do that? My initial basis for doing that is um, I, I come from a kind of endurance athlete background, um, as a runner, swimmer, uh, triathlete right out of college and kind of like those kind of challenges. Um, and especially after we've done some of the mud runs and then I always like to challenge myself and take myself to the next level. And you know, all kind of talking about that, that sounded like the perfect opportunity to give it a try. Um, and so I thought it'd be fun and something to get into and do. <laughs> And uh, I said, let's go do it. Um, in hindsight, no, that may not have been the best decision or the right attitude going into this event, but well, that's how I felt, yeah. So when you, when you get to the first event and, and looking back in hindsight, you have two, you have two um, experiences to draw from. Were you in over your head? Were, was the first event, like, tell me about showing up and, and like the training that you had done to, to get there. And I know because we trained together for the most part, but I was coming from a slightly different place of, I had trained for a year to go to seal fit Kokoro, went to Kokoro did. And, and, and Kokoro for, for anybody that doesn't know is, is a 50 hour event held by former Navy seal, Mark divine through a company, his company called seal fit. And the Kokoro is his crucible event. It's designed to be 50 hours, and it's designed to be a snapshot out of Navy SEALs, BUDS, Hell Week. It's available to anyone who can pass the physical standards test, and you can, you can go there. You don't have to be a special operator. If you wonder if you can do it, you sign up, and, and off you go. And the next thing you know, you're, you're, you're in the Pacific Ocean for hours at a time, and, and it's the real deal. There's some differences that I'd like to talk about as we, yeah. as we discuss this between Kokoro and GORUCK selection. But I had just gotten off of that. And I'm coming back, and I, I, I sailed through Kokoro. My training was good. I was healthy. There's no way that you're going to sail through Kokoro. I mean, I came through, and I had incredible spirits. I was high. For, for GORUCK. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, coming through uh, Kokoro. Right. We, I did it. We me and the the group of people that I was with, yeah, it, it seemed like we sailed through. But I look back on it; there, it was hard. There was nothing easy about Kokoro. So we get back, and I'm healing up, and uh, which took months. Uh, right. <laughs> and then I go to lunch with Clay, and he says, "Hey, man, I want to do this. This is the event. I'd never heard of it. Even even being in that community and doing Seal Fit Kokoro and having done um, a Go Ruck 
Yeah, um, no, I hadn't either. It, it, it's very quiet. I had it never really heard is. of it. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, let's hear what it is. What is it? And um, so Clay shows me the paperwork. I look at it and I said, man, that's no joke. That looks like every bit as hard as, as Kokoro, if not harder. So we set a plan. Okay, well, when's the next one? And I think the next one was too, too, too soon. It was, so yeah. So we planned on October. October 2015. So I went ahead, figured out uh, what kind of training I would want to do for it, uh, found the mountain athlete training plan, which is actually for selection, ordered that, got it, looked at it, and said, man, I'm going to need to train for a year to start this program, <laughs> um, which that was, was good. That was one of my downfalls for round one. Yeah. It was, was exactly well, that. Well, yeah. it, was, it was a good, good idea. And so basically trained up for a year and then started that mountain athlete program which is a 10-week program i think it is. and that put me pretty much right at selection um and we went through that training together but but not entirely you were you were kind of training on your own so so tell me about the first attempt uh so with the first attempt <laughs> I, I think i came in maybe clay and you've already you know discussed some of this michael and michael Miller. yeah there's several of us i think there are maybe five, five yeah, yeah five, five of the group and that came together to say yeah let's do this and um i think tom and clay had already had the the workout program and i looked at it and you know thinking for some of my backgrounds and resting on my my roots you know it's a heavy workout program there's there's a lot of weights but a ton of cardio and a ton of rucking you know weight yeah and and the rucking is important because in this event you are going to, you are mandated to carry a 45-pound pack dry before you put food and water in it. It has to weigh out at 45 pounds, and that is going to be with you the whole time and on your back. It is, right? yeah. And then with water and food, I'm at, I think the second go-around, which I pay a lot more attention, I was 52 to 55 pounds, depending on what was in that pack. So, But you had to go back. So we looked at the workout program, and I, I felt comfortable with it because it had some mileage and stuff in it. I said, great, let's do this. And I was naive to not consider to train up to do this workout mm-hmm. program. Right. Um, and so we started and we were going through the workout program together. We do some stuff in the morning. So with the guys, with some, with the amount of work we had, we have to get some after work or on the weekends on our own. One of my faults too was I would, if I missed a long one or if I missed one or had a soccer game I had to go to, you know, I'd miss that and I wouldn't get the mileage in. And mm-hmm. I would think, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a distance athlete. I'm okay. I can, mm-hmm. I can make it through this. And then in, in short story, we got through the training program and uh, ended up down there, um, which at GORUCK, they have a physical fitness test, which you have to do at the beginning to pass the standards in order to continue going. Mm-hmm. And you know that to begin with. It's a, it's a set amount of push-ups in two minutes, a set amount of sit-ups in two minutes. You have a five-mile run and then 12-mile ruck. Um, and and just so just so you get the yeah. the the gist of this, it's in Jacksonville, Florida. It's October. It's hot. You're standing out in the hot sun for two <laughs> hours. Before, you know you're supposed to get there at a certain time, and of course they make you stand around and wait and go through all your stuff. And then you're standing out in the hot sun for a couple of hours before you get the chance to start on the push-ups. Right. And then they you stand around for a while again in the hot sun before you get the chance to do the sit-ups <laughs> exactly right. and stand around in the sun for a little while before it's time to do this five-mile run and you have to come in at a certain time. And then if you make all that, you have to then strap on your your 45-pound your, your pack, which is more like 50, 
55 with water. And then you have to hit this, uh, the standard of, uh, what is it? An hour and a half on the 12 mile run, 12 mile ruck run. Is that uh, what it was? No, it's no, it was three, three and a half, half hours. Three and a half sorry. hours for the 12 yeah. mile rug. Boy, but it's would be really s- fast if it was an hour and a half. <laughs> but it's, you know, what they don't tell you is, is all, uh, which it changed over the two, but the first one we went down there it is all in the sand. You know, no matter where the surf was, if the surf was up and you're in the soft sand, you're doing it in the soft sand, um, which I didn't get to that point on round one. So, uh, you know, what Tom was saying, which I didn't prepare for either, is we got there. Um, and the game was on. As soon as you get there, you got up on the parking lot where you're supposed to start. Um, the cadre automatically start, you know, giving their orders, barking at you, be quiet, stand in ranks, and you're out in the sun standing up, you know, for hours. Right. You know, and, and you don't really prepare for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of worn me down. And then I didn't train for the training program, uh, the 10-week program we talked about. And I actually tore my calf about six weeks prior to starting mm-hmm. selection. Um, and again, I thought, at hey, this, at, at this point, so we've lost, you're showing up hurt. I am. Yes. Michael Miller showed up hurt. Yep. Adam Levitt showed up hurt. Clay didn't even show up because he got hurt. So training for the training program was incredibly that important. That was so vital. I think I was the only one that showed up healthy. Correct. To yeah. That one. And, and that's, I, I did not do enough to prep for the training program. Mm-hmm. And as a result, and not s- sticking directly to the program, I wound up doing too much too late and and injured myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had just enough time where I thought I could maybe recoup, uh, put my foot on the line down at selection. Mm-hmm. Um, but in doing that um, and healing, then you're sacrificing all the training from that point on also. Right. So at what point did, did you have to drop the first time? Uh, so I made it through the push-ups and uh, the sit-ups. Um, those were great. I had a lot of time to train for those since I wasn't running. The to- I had a torn calf and um, I got to the five mile run and I think it's a combination of being out in the heat and my injury and um, I just wasn't mentally there um, to do it. And halfway through the run, it got me, my, my calf tweaked a little bit more and, you know, I, I felt hurt physically and mentally um, and that was it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to walk the rest of the way back in on the run and then seeing you make the run and take back off on the 12 mile ruck after that was <laughs> one of the worst sights I've seen in a long time. I hated, uh, you, know, well, you know, you feel like you let teammates down and partners down and, um, but yeah. So, so a little background on this, there were 278 people that signed up for this event. Um, I, I have a blog post that I wrote immediately afterwards. I could probably find it right now. Um, it was, People were just dropping left and right because of the because of the issues that Patrick's talking about with dehydration and standing out in the sun and some of these guys even uh, uh, one of the guys Stony Smith uh, was an eventual uh, selection finisher he was yeah yeah and he's a Canadian guy red haired Canadian guy not not not, not does not do sun. well with the sun <laughs> at all and that was his demise it was know, yeah which he the, later went on to to be a great finisher of the event, um, which in itself is, is, is incredible. Um, but people were just dropping left and right. And some of them, you know, I just couldn't figure it out. Like, uh, the push-ups and sit-ups and all that was published and you had as much time to try train for that as possible. And people were showing up and they just, they couldn't meet the standard. So, I mean, there was absolutely zero, uh, sympathy for these people from the cadre. Um, and and people are just dropping left and right. Plus, they're not thinking about, you know, maybe they're barely meeting the standard in their training, and then the cadre is saying, "No rep, no rep, no rep. You're not you're not able to do these push-ups." Um, 
and all of a sudden that throws them for a loop. Then they panic and they don't get it. Exactly in right. And, and then when you're when you're faced with the fact, I mean, if you're training and you have your standards, what do you have to do? Let's get the exact numbers, but say it's sixty-five push-ups in two minutes, and you know you're at home in the gym or wherever, and you can knock it out and train, and I can do seventy, no problem, and continue to do it. And then all of a sudden you've been staying around the heats. You're there with your nerves, um, a little dehydrated, cadre in your face yelling at you, not performing right. Um, that number can drop down to 50 in the heartbeat. Um, and I think that happened to a lot of people of not uh, what they'll tell you to actually train above and beyond just the standards. Yeah, way, but, way beyond. <laughs> if the standard is, is uh, 50, you need, to, you need to be doing 100 easy. Uh, exactly right. And you need to be doing 100 while somebody is is uh, causing you all kinds of distractions and what, whatever that may be. So um, I went on to um, to pass the, the run, the ruck. Then there's something called the, the welcome party, uh, which is a, a lot of um, <laughs> hazing and, and beat down. So I'm just looking at my at my uh, blog here. Uh, Tom Rowland Training. There's an article called Lessons Learned, Go Art Selection 015AAR. It says, out of 278 people who, shot, who signed up, and, and just for reference, uh, it says, today is Saturday, October 11th, and it's the morning after Go Ruck Selection 015. Out of 278 people who signed up, 162 RSVP'd to show up. So a bunch of people just decided, and kind of like, like some people in our group got injured on the way, or just decided, man, I'm not doing this. This right. is crazy. So 82 of the 278 actually showed up. Yeah. And I remember with that one, um, the first one we did, uh, one of the differences, the cadre on that one, they were actually sending emails and yeah. trying to communicate every once in a while with the participants signed up and already yeah. trying to start the mental games to get in your head and, um, you know, why do this? There's no chance you're going to make it. I'll make sure you don't get through this. And right. I, I think that had a lot of effect yeah, on people too. Definitely. So this gets even more interesting. Out of the seven, out of the 82, seven were women. I'm pretty sure that I was the oldest there at 46, but I could be wrong. Um, if I wasn't the oldest, I was definitely one of the oldest. 35 people failed the push up or sit up portion and were allowed to retest. After that, 23 people were sent home after failing twice. So they actually did give you uh, a second chance there, which is very uncommon for this group of people. Now we're down to 31. Six more dropped on the 12-mile ruck, and we started the four-hour welcome party with 25 candidates, two of which were women. So I'm one of these 25 people. I look around, and my group is gone. Nobody's there. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. <laughs> I didn't know what happened. I was thinking, man, what happened? And so we're staring. These 25 people are staring at a group of the hardest men you'll ever see. Bunch of Green Berets, Navy SEALs, all kinds of uh, special operations guys that have one, one goal. And that is to make this next four hours the hardest four hours of your life, which they did. Um, no, no problem there. <laughs> So an hour into the workout, the welcome party, we lost another six, including one of the women. So now there's only one, one woman left. Uh, 16 candidates remained and candidate 075, the last woman drops, who 075 was also in your class. She was, yeah. What's her name? Do you remember? Jolie, I believe. Julie. 
I'll have to go back and look yeah. at that. Um, yeah, too bad. But, sorry, she, sorry, O seven five. Because uh, much respect to you. Uh, she, yeah, she she's attempted uh, many uh, selections, probably more than all of them any, from, yeah. from this class. She's been in every class, to my knowledge. She has, um, um, and 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 done actually improved every single one. This last one I did with her this is the farthest she's made it. And she, so she did well. So just just looking at this, you can see two hundred seventy eight down to down to twenty five down down another six now there's 16 left and then three more uh drop down after the workout party and uh we start the sandbag baby event with (laughs) 13 and that's including me by the end of the sandbag baby it was down to um 10 and then i dropped shortly after that lost another five and um then the class then it was down to uh, uh three remained and that was the way that it was going to be for quite some time in that first event. So I think I made it about 18 hours on the first one. Really, really incredibly tough. But I, t- I learned a lot of lessons. Really did. And, and um, it, was, it was something that I'm super glad I did. But I'm not, I'm not quite ready to sign up for another one <laughs> right now. Maybe I will. You never know. I'm not going to put anything out of, out of, out of uh, possibility. But... That's what I want to ask you about. What is it that made you want to go back? I mean, you saw the condition that I came back. I was. I did. You were ruined. Ruined. Um, yeah. You saw the condition of for the, a while of the finisher. Correct. You saw the condition of of the people who made it further than you, uh, in in by an hour, by three hours, by twelve hours, by yeah. thirty hours. So you get home. What are you thinking about? My first, after I dropped, um, you know, I was very disappointed just, I guess, in myself and uh, my preparation for it and and not respecting, I guess, or doing my homework um, on this event. Um, and uh, I thought I could do a lot more than I could. Uh, and, and so with that, I... I have a drive, um, and I need to get my mind right. My My mind wasn't right for that first event, and I had to kind of make a decision um, if this is something I really wanted and what's my real reason for doing this. And, it, you know, it took me a while to get there. I mean, I, as I kind of got over that and thought about that event and I went and did some other races and events in between and um, I, I couldn't get selection out of my mind. <laughs> it was something there. I felt like I left way too much on the table um, and I did give myself an honest shot at it. And it, it just continued to, uh, to grow um, and I couldn't get rid of it. And then, Based on that and really thinking upon it, you know, found some really good reason to do it and some drive. And I wanted to go out there and, and so what train is the right. reason? Um, I just, I really respect, I guess, the, the company. And is for me, um, you know, in, in the way we train here at, at Tom's with these guys is, you know, I like to work out and challenge myself and push myself. I mean, basically to live, um, you know, for, for everyday life to, not be stagnant, um, to always push and continue to grow. And this is a way for me to do that. Um, these challenges, I have much respect for the background of this company and to put myself among some of the, the best military we have. Um, I have some family military too, and you know, so thankful for what they do and sacrifice. And I think in a way, this, this, is, this is a way I can show some respect to them also. And I, I felt like I did a disservice to that, uh, that first go round. Um, and so it, it took me a year, that, that whole year after that, I thought about it and thought about it and, 
you know, finally got to a point where I was comfortable enough and I would say, hey, I'm going to dedicate myself to this. And you have to, and you have to maybe take some time away from your family, which is hard, uh, from your business, from your work and other things in life and and find out a way to really schedule and to, to do something of this magnitude. And I was able to do that. So I made the decision uh, probably late summer, August in, in 2016 to really give it a go uh, for the 2017 back down in Jacksonville. So then I, we went ahead and I signed up right there at the beginning of the year. I not only had that one training plan we've had before that incorporated, but I did my homework and I actually had three training plans I did prior to that to get ready for that. Um, and it, it made a huge So it just difference. kind of stair-stepped it up and, and it increased did, the yeah. volume. It, it increased the volume, um, kind of did my homework on it, um, make sure, you know, make sure your mind's right and that you're both physically and mentally there. Yeah. So at the, at the just to give a little bit of reference here, at the peak of the, of the training, what kind of time do you think you're putting in um, per day or per week? I mean, I, I think I have a pretty good idea. Of- uh, I do too. So my, my time, we can say per week. So you're at least, you're at least two hours a day um, is how mine did. And you have a day off a week. Um, you need your body to rest, but you're building up. So you may start that hour, hour and a half a day. Um, and then you're going to eventually get to doing two days long two days and then on the weekends you're going to get to you know to a point where you're doing four and five hour workouts you know um and really adjusting your body and your mind too to be able to compensate for that and so push through it you have done other events i um, have yeah iron man have you done uh, i've not i've done many half iron mans done many 24 plus hour adventure races mm-hmm. um so you have an idea of an iron man training compare the training of a Ironman or a half Ironman to what you were getting ready for on this one? Uh, so with, with triathlon or Ironman or half Ironman, um, you know, many people know it's, it's locking in the miles. So you're out there and just putting in the miles and it's mainly three disciplines. You're, you're, you know, you're swimming, running and biking. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about just the overall time? It may be comparable. I, I think the time maybe with a full Ironman, um, the, the time frame with, with the selection, it may be comparable. Um, you with a half Ironman uh, or the many that that I did, it was you know you're maybe training fourteen to twenty hours maybe a week. Um, I think is what I was doing. So that's and, like a job for most people. It so, is correct. Yeah. So you come back from this and you decide: um, is this something that you have to talk to your wife about? Is this how do you how do you manage uh, it, something to put you that sh- kind of you should talk to your wife about <laughs> put it that way um you know it might there might be some big red flags going up if you <laughs> all of a sudden just showing up at ten o'clock at night not telling about where you are um yeah it, especially if you have a family i mean even if you're just married or if you have kids um it's a large commitment it really is and so it, it's something you'd want to sit down and luckily my wife is an endurance athlete and trail runner too and shows she spends a lot of time training also and it, it may be a little easier for her to wrap her head around. Um, but but it's a commitment because you're going to be out for five, six hours on a weekend. You know, you're, you're going from six in the morning to maybe five, you know, five in the afternoon sometimes. And when you could be playing with your kids or going to the soccer game or doing something else or happening around the house. And right. um, so it's very important to make sure everyone's on page with it and okay with it. And mm-hmm. So you make this commitment and yep. you, you decide to go. And uh, 
our our group didn't necessarily rally around you on this one. Um, I'm, no, I think they saw the results from round one, <laughs> and that got a lot of people out of it fast. You know, I've got some I've got some demons inside probably, but uh, Go Ruck Selection will do a good job of 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 quieting them. You know, if you're if you're um, if you've got a burning drive and you you feel like you need to be challenged, this thing will challenge you to the point to where. You're going to resolve a lot of things you will, one, in your one head. The, yeah, best, best quotes I've heard. Um, this I believe one of the cadre said, "If you're going to attempt this, you better really like yourself." Yeah, because um, you one one of the prerequisite I say requisites one of the things during selection is you are not allowed to communicate or talk with anyone unless the cadre speaks to you, and so you are in your head the entire time. Yeah, and this goes this goes deep into if someone were to fall down and break their leg next to you. You are under strict orders to just keep on going. The cadre will take care of that person. You are not to issue help. That's a that's a uh, what would they call that? An ethical violation or a moral violation? Uh, Correct. Yeah, you know, an ethical violation. Um, you're not to talk. Yeah, there's several people that they didn't break anything, thank goodness, but they were hurting or going slow or down in front of me, and sure. I can't tell you how many times the cadre is like, "Go over top of them. Right. Do not let them slow you down. You will dominate that person in front of you." Right. <laughs> I mean, and it is all, all it is all about uh, a singular focus. And the difference, you know, the big difference between the um, the Goruck selection, <laughs> the Goruck selection and the seal fit Kokoro is that they are very, very, very similar, except they are also exactly opposite. Seal fit Kokoro we learned extremely quickly that the only way to success is through teamwork. If someone were to fall down in front of you and you did not help them up, you were severely punished. And you were severely punished until you came together as a team. And they wouldn't tell you, look, we're going to keep punishing you until you come together as a team. Right. They're going to tell, they're going to continue to punish you until you get it through your <laughs> thick head that, oh, this is what we're here for. We're here to come together as a team with all of these strangers under the greatest duress I've ever been in my <laughs> life. You have to figure this out and you all right. have to figure it out. And then once you do, you become an unstoppable force that nothing can hold you down. And it was told to us there that at your darkest moment, at the moment when you think you're going to quit, at the moment that you think that you cannot go any further, if you extend a hand and help someone else who is in a worse situation than you are, you will buoy both of your spirits up, and that's how you get through all these things. Um, that worked. It worked incredibly. And when I say I sailed through Kokoro, I sailed through Kokoro on the shoulders of right. all of these strangers that I had no idea. And we that I learned that. And I learned the value of teamwork. And that's something that I brought back immediately into my family, into my business, into every leadership position that I have in my life of you are nothing alone and you are everything together. Exactly you are, right. You yeah. are an absolute unstoppable force as a team, any team sports team, a business team, a family, uh, a group of friends, whatever. If you are all on the same page, there is an exponential strength that you will never have as an individual. And they would say that there at Kokoro, that Rambos don't make it, you know, <laughs> meaning that if you try to go out here and just make this all by yourself, man, you, you will never make it. And you will, and we saw it. 
Some people did not get on board and they did not make it and they were left in the dirt. <laughs> now, when we go to selection, it is exactly the opposite. You know, you're doing burpees, you're carrying stuff, you're rucking, you're walking, you're running, you're in the water, you're doing all of yeah, the same there's things. there's no helping the other people out there. They don't want you to, no eye contact, no encouragements, no right. nothing. Right. Yeah. And so I trained alone for the most part, I mean, around I the group. Too. and yeah. but, but when we would go on these rucks, I'm thinking, okay, well, I can't talk to anybody. Okay, I won't talk to anybody. I won't listen to any music. I won't listen to podcasts. I won't do anything. I'll just go. And I'm thinking that's enough. But what you don't realize and what I, well, what I quickly realized, but I may not have, had I not had the Kokoro experience, is what an unbelievable blow it is when you cannot communicate with other people. Oh, it's miserable. It's, you know, because when you train like this and do events and in business and life, you know, you, you ride these waves. So you're going to be up high feeling great. And then you're 10 miles in or something happens and you're feeling at your low point. And that, that's where you benefit from the partner beside you or your team. And, you know, you push through it and you get back up and, you, you know, you go. Um, we're training for selection. And I did the same thing. I did a lot of miles in training by myself, um, as Tom did. And, you know, and then during the event, too, um, a lot of guys, I noticed the second go around, which I did a lot better and made it to the top, you know, three. Um, you know, but the guys who who were at their low point and couldn't push through it and, and adapt with that, that's the cadre would see that they would expose that weakness and mm. they were gone. Uh, yeah. they, they were out. Yeah. And it doesn't take much. Yeah. I mean, there is a there is a point and and we can certainly talk about it because that's the main focus of this is that there is a point to where you can you can go no further or at least you think you can go no further and and, and you 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 drop. And my. To, to touch on that a little bit from my, my experience, um, especially going through the second selection where I felt like I did leave it all out there, um, is I, I don't think they maybe portray that message as teamwork to you. Uh, definitely during the event, it's not. But my takeaway from it, what I've learned is it, it embraces that more. Um, so when I come back and, and reflect on selection and how I did better the second time and my reasoning, and it, it's because of my team. It's because of my friends, my workout group, my, my family who sacrificed to, to let me train for this. So, you know, you're doing the event as an individual. Um, but what keeps you going is you have that team, you have that support behind you. Right. And, you know, you so can, you, 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 that's your why. That's what, that's the, the catchphrase these days is what's your why and keep it close. Um, so let's, let's fast forward this a little bit. You, you come back from the first one you decide that you're going to do it. And what's the time period between the two events? Uh, between my first one and the second one I did. Um, so the first one was roughly October 2015, you know, which, which I got broken and ruined and destroyed and, you know, had to really kind of reevaluate what I wanted. And it made me think a lot just about that, but life in general. And it took me, you know, probably a better part of eight, nine months to really overcome that and, and find out what I really wanted to do. And so by October of 2016, I was committed. I signed up. And by the beginning of the year, I decided I need a solid 10 months. Um, so I was already training at this point, but to start the training program, so the beginning of 2017, I, I started. So I had everything planned out by that point, and I started my training programs, and uh, now so we're doing it. Okay, so, so now, now you're signed up and you're so ready to go. Years. And in yep. the meantime, there has been one other class. It's not like there's a lot of classes of this. 
Uh, no, about not, one a year. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Or, or maybe at some point there might have been more. I don't know, but maybe one a year. But um, <laughs> one of the people who was in our first class, 015, uh, Stoney Smith, he has an opportunity to do one in Bozeman, jumps back on it, gets in there, is a little more comfortable in the mountains and the cold than he was in the hot <laughs> sun, and right. comes out ahead. Was that? Yeah. Did that have anything to do with, I mean, you're thinking, I saw this guy. I know if he can... If he can do it, I know. Yeah. I can do so it. after the first one too, um, th- there is some information, and there's from finishers a lot of uh, AARs, which are after action reports, mm-hmm. um, which are pretty much these finishers' experiences of the events, and um, that's a great point. So I, I got on and I, I read a lot of them, not just Stoney's, because he completed um, many of the years prior to that, and you start reading deeper into that and these guys' thoughts and drives and. Uh, it's a great motivator, but also too, and seeing him, how fast he went in and out in that first one and came back around within that next year and completed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There shows you more, can be there, done. There's, there's more going yeah. on there than just, uh, than just the, um, the sun and the heat and stuff like that. That's a complete mind shift. It is. Because I mean, so, so here you are, you drop out first event, you don't even make it to the ruck, which is, I mean, the event hasn't even started basically. Right. Yep. So you're disappointed. You come back, you've got a different mindset. What are you thinking going in to the second event? Uh, so with what little I had from the first, um, you still have to take away a lot. So in that, I was still there. I didn't make it into the actual event and just halfway through the PT test. And I was probably still there five or six hours. I mean, that's how long this takes and you're out there dragging around. Um, uh, so I knew more what to expect, um, and I knew really why I wanted to do it, and had a good reason for it. And so again, though, yeah, what is that? What is that reason? It can't be that you just have <laughs> respect for the military. No, no, I mean that that that's just so that that's just bonuses. So that's just hey, yeah, I, I have a lot of family who've been in the military and contributed and have respect yeah, for the what, military. What is what is really going on there? Because. You can go and 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 be in and watch the no, veterans. No, no, my drive. Yeah, my drive. For, my drive for this stuff is, um, you know, it's my family and friends. It really is. So it's my team, my personal team and life behind me. But what about it? I mean, they're behind you, but but in the darkest of the darkest moments of event like this, and I know what what this yeah. is like. <laughs> you gotta dig deep and I'm talking about digging deep and me and a lot of people that are going to listen to this hurt watched you on Facebook there's a Facebook live yeah. and all these updates and stuff like that and man I'm talking full on complete misery and you're digging deep and you're going on and and that doesn't come from just wanting to be a tough guy that doesn't come from no no I left that I mean you can say that, that maybe was the end of my tough guy career in 2015 kind of put it into that yeah, real fast yeah. because that doesn't do it that no, is not, not enough no. if you want to see how tough you are you're going to find out about the first three hours and it's not that tough there has to be something this is my experience anyway of the people that I know that completed Kokoro the people that I watched um, go and complete selection, the people that went further than me, the people that were right beside me, all of them had reasons, big time reasons that resonated deeply. And, you know, we've never talked about that, you and I. No, no. What is that for you? Mine, for me, my deep one, really, it's, uh, I mean, I have so much respect and love for my my friends and, and my family, really, what it is. So, 
they've always been there growing up and give, given me, you know, made me work for it, but give me these great opportunities and to, to push myself in the life I've have. And this group we work out with too in training. Now I say we've been doing it for 10 years and uh, they're great friends. And, you know, you, you see these people who, who come in way overweight or way out of shape and health issues and, you know, they have these drives and they, they change their lives really. Um, and, and I want to be a part of that. You know, I, I want to, I want my life to mean something. I want to be a good example for, for my family, for my kids and, and for my friends, you know, to, you know, continue and, you know, and, and want to push and, and better themselves. And, you know, maybe with that, I, I can not only help myself, um, but the people around me it may motivate through the people example. around me through example. Right. Yeah. And, you know that that's a that's a huge thing with me that that's resonated a long time and um, I know both my my grandfathers before they passed and even when I was young and you know there's nothing more more important than family and friends and, and the people you can change around you so so as you're going through this what uh, what kind of fears are you having like you're oh you're, man because <laughs> the whole thing's scary and, and, <laughs> the whole thing's and that, scary that that's the horrible be. thing about doing it before too and then having to drop out halfway through the first round so uh yeah so i i felt like my training it, i felt great so I, I trained up through my second round um i was in the best shape of my life you know close to it before i even started the training program and then that way the training program went really well up to selection and I felt good. I was I was crushing the the time hacks for the the physical fitness test. So um, I wasn't quite doing a hundred push ups, but I was in the high eighties to nineties. Yep. And um, you know my rucking was flying, and my running was doing really well. And so I felt good. So that part, my physical part, felt good. I was most nervous about the mental part going in. You know, did I have the drive, and did I have the right reason why? And you know, could I hold it together in my darkest part when, when those guys are on me? Um, you know, so I, I was really nervous about that. Um, and I think that kind of showed when I first started, uh, we got up and we did the push-ups. Um, and I, I was up there and I felt good, but, they, you know, the nerves kicked in right there. And they tell you to get down, get in push-up position, the cadre over top of you, two minutes go. My arms were shaking <laughs> uncontrollably. Um, and uh, I knocked out, I think I got... <laughs> 80, 82 push-ups, you know, when I was doing in the nineties before and, yeah. um, but above standard. And then I kind of got settled in, um, knocked out the sit-ups and then we hadn't had a break. And like you referenced before, there, there were several people there and some huge, you know, strong guys looked like they're pro football players. And, right. um, it, it blew my mind. I thought they'd do great. And they, they were out in the sit-ups or push-ups, you know, and I think nerves and stuff got them and, you know, they probably killed it in their gym somewhere and, they, you know, never make the mistake, obviously, of assuming about some of your competitors or teammates. Yeah. But, you know, and that was kind of a mental thing for me, too. Watching other people around you that you think so strong and go down so fast um, really kind of weighs on it. But Yeah, and, and you look at that. I mean, I had the same thing happen to me in, in Kokoro when I first got there. I am paired up with this guy who literally looks like a superhero. He was, he had a military haircut. He was probably about 230 pounds. He could probably, I mean, he was so much more physically capable yeah. than, than I was. And we hadn't been going two hours and we did something and we were running on the beach and it's a beautiful day in California. And I'm looking, I'm looking around going, this isn't that bad. And he says, I'm out. I quit. Right. 
And I just thought of all the places <laughs> and times to quit. This is, we haven't even started yet. That, the same. And, and, yeah. and, and that gets back to, it's, it's really not the physical uh, as much as it is the mental. I mean, he just kind of looked at yeah. that and thought, man, I can't do this for the next. Well, the majority of people who are going to an event like this are, are going to show up in, in pretty top physical condition. You know, for unless the, they're for, injured, for the most part, correct. Unless you're injured, um, you know, and which I did, and I went that route. But they are so. There's a ton of mental. But uh, to touch on that too, you know, we had that one that one big guy. But there's also, I think we had a marine recon in my class mm-hmm. for the second one, and the guy uh, planning to go into the buds program mm-hmm. in two weeks. He's already you know in the navy, planning to go to buds. Probably um, a real good idea to let that information out before the event. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> let me tell you when you when you, you know let that information out. You know he's planning to go in the buds, <laughs> which is a seals program. Yeah. To a bunch of uh, Rangers or Green Berets, you know, <laughs> they're yeah. gonna eat that up. But um, so, of course, I, I have these, you know, young guys, these guys going to special forces training, you know, these, they look like these NFL tight ends, you know, the superheroes back there. And then he drops. And so that, that affected me. But the other military guys were in there and I was still hanging. So that, that boosted me a little bit. And so we're getting to the endurance part. You know, we get to the five mile run, um, which I'm a fairly strong runner. And so, you know, I was like, you know, just go your own pace and middle of the pack and work your way through it. And I did on the run and, uh, at, we started and everyone took off just flying and, and I kind of held back and I was middle of the pack and I kind of knew my pace in my training programs. And by the turnaround point, I was, I, I was out front everyone slowed down and I just held my pace and I was a minute ahead of the turnaround and continued through the finish and felt great. Um, so at this point you're you're further along than than you were the first time. Yeah, and that really kind of settled settled yeah. me down. And so you yeah. crushed the ruck. Yeah, and so the ruck we after the run we put on our our 45 pound pack. Then I, I thought all the ruck was going to be on the beach from the last experience and leave it to the cadre. We we ruck halfway down on the beach. We do so we go down. We we hit these big pillars in the sand. There's a cadre sitting there. And he's like, hey, man, turn around. You know, you're a mile away. You're almost there. Just just go and you got it. No problem. Um, he was the good cop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So we turn around. We hit the second cadre about a mile down. We think that's the end because you have no idea. You don't have a watch. No one tells you mileage. And so he goes, man, listen, sorry. You're not even close to being done. You're not going to make it. You're behind your time hack. Why don't you just jump in this truck right here and we'll take mm-hmm. you back to the hotel. Hot coffee. No problem. Donuts yeah, in there exactly too. what they said. Exactly. Yeah. No problem. You know, and that's that's test one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was kind of expecting that and uh, felt like I was doing good on the ruck. And uh, so they point you back into the streets off the beach, and which is another mind game for me. And off I went and and completed the ruck within the time and did well. I think I was third on the ruck. But in, in that, I learned behind, you know, the, the Buds class guy dropped. The recon guy dropped. Yeah, uh, right. I mean, that's what me. happened to and me in the in the it, welcome party. I look around, nobody's there. It blew my mind um, right. that they did that, and the, you know the, the cadre con talking about it. And of course, they're using that against you. Hey, you know these are the guys going to special forces. They dropped. Um, you know, one guy ran out of water, and it, I, I think it really messed with his head because he didn't know how far away he was from the end, um, which wasn't far. And you know, everyone has their reasons, but yeah. They so now, it. so now the event begins and, 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 you know, I don't want to go through every little piece of it, but I mean, you, you find yourself more and more and more people are dropping and I do. Yeah. So we put numbers real fast. I think we started out fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment 
and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. There, there may have been something in the, 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 I don't know the exact, say 40 to 50 that showed up to start um, for that, that 20, 2017, this last one. Um, by the end of the ruck, I think it was maybe down to 15, Yeah, I believe, is what the, you know, that many people left right there at the beginning. Um, and then that was the start, you know, that, that four-hour torture test. They call it the welcome party. The welcome party. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and the welcome party is going to consist of four hours of 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 burpees and and running and rucking and it's anything going in the ocean it. and everything that you can imagine. People are Bear throwing up and, and water and tackling yeah. one another. Uh, it never ends, and it's at least where we were. It was uh, they had a secluded back in the swamp, in the worst swamp area you can think of in Florida, and this is where we were. And they had one gravel parking lot on one side of the swamp and there's trails and, you know, you go through the swamp to get to this other one. And finally, I figured out they roughly spent about 30 minutes with us, drilling us at one and they send us running through the marsh to get to the other guy. And then that guy would drill us and they yeah. send us back and there'd be another cadre back there. And, you know, they just keep rotating yeah. um, and really get in your head. Um, but yeah, that, okay, so that just, was an experience. Just, just to <laughs> figure this out a little bit. Um, and to give reference, this thing started, they told you to show up at what time? Noon? This was, yeah, so we, we may have been a noon, one o'clock start. Okay, Correct. so yep. one o'clock start. You do the push-ups, the sit-ups, the five-mile run, the 12-mile ruck. Now you're in a four-hour welcome party. The welcome party's over. So what time were we looking at now? So we're, we're still in the wee hours of the morning. So all that, we're we're probably... I would have to say, which I have no idea, but we have to be somewhere in the 
three, two, three, four okay, o'clock so in the morning. So it's yeah. four o'clock in the morning. I found myself yeah. in the same situation. Yeah. It's four o'clock in the morning. You have now done your push-ups. You stood around in the sun. You did your sit-ups. You ran five miles. You rucked 12 miles. You did four hours. You basically did a CrossFit workout for four hours. Now, this is what people don't know about this event. There has been zero nutrition. None. Yeah. So I think from some of the events leading up to this, so that last one we did in 2015 in Jacksonville with the heat and some some dehydration issues, um, the only nutrition we had is they they made us pour some the, the rehydration supplement, which is pretty much the salt packet. They make you pour it in your Nalgene bottle and chug it. You got that? We didn't get yeah, anything Yeah, they made like us that. bring it. That was the newest thing they brought. So we didn't have Gatorade or anything like that, which I think they had in a previous one, but they made us because it was hot again, but chug that. And if you ever tried to chug salt water, about half of us got it down and the other half of us threw yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. But, but still, I mean, that's a major deal yeah. right there. So that's uh, all we because had. Because in Kokoro, they made sure that there was electrolytes in the water. In selection, I found that to be the, the hardest thing was all of a sudden, you know, you're going for 18 hours and your body is locking up because you have no nutrition. So, this sounds extreme because it is extreme. I mean, this yeah. is the hardest endurance event in the world, coupled with the fact that you're carrying a 45-pound pack, which is now 60 because you're in it's the water all the time. Yeah. And uh, on top of that, you haven't had anything to eat, and you're, you're lucky to get water. You are. Like, well, they, they do provide you plenty of water. They so provide you plenty of water, it, but um, you have to earn the right to pour it into your bottle. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> or or to find the, the point in between of them, you know, drilling you and, and through the exercising and commands yeah. to, to actually remember to hydrate yourself. Remember is exactly That's right. Huge, and they yeah. never tell you that they you don't. can't drink any water. They, they tell you at the very beginning, um, at the very beginning, which I didn't pay attention to at the first one, when they you sign a waiver, it is on you to remember to rehydrate yourself yeah. and do what you think is right. Well, Bert, that's the only Cadre Burt, who was the who was the guy that ran my selection in one five, he wrote an article that was on Go Ruck that said selection is nothing but a hydration contest. And you I read that. You know, yep. you have to really remember to hydrate and remember to hydrate is I mean, they are <laughs> you're going to get yelled at if you hydrate. I mean, you are because yep. you now are doing something other than what they told you to do, even though that's what they told you to do. Right. They told right. you to hydrate, but not exactly. So yep. they told you to also do burpees. So you're reaching for your for your hose to come to get to your bladder. And now you're not doing burpees yep. like as fast as they want you to. So now yep. you're so uh, most of the time you, you are can't trying do anything to, right. to sneak some water while you're face down in the mud puddles. <laughs> right. So a lot of people fall prey to dehydration. They and, do. And it, I mean, it's because so crucial. In those first of yep. all, you're, you're, you're working out for really an extended time. I mean, even in your training at this point, you're, you're in your 12 hours in, you've had plain water, maybe this rehydration pack, yep. nothing to eat. So not a lot of people are working out for 12 hours without any kind of hydration or, or not hydration, but nutrition. Um, so that's another factor for sure. But you overcome that and you go on this time. You, you Yeah. So I actually knew a little bit of that going in from talking to you as one for your previous experience mm -hmm. um, in that uh, 015 um, and then reading some of these uh, reports uh, online from previous finishers and competitors who, who made it and didn't make it. So, uh, yeah, so I actually incorporated some, that's not true fasting, but 
so I, I would I would maybe not have breakfast in the morning on the weekends mm-hmm. or something. And then we maybe had do a do a four or five hour workout, and yeah. then you know. So you're training some of that, yeah. But but there's no way to prepare for it. There's because not. No. Also, what happened to me? I was also um, they were putting us in the ocean and out of the ocean, and I ingested a bunch of salt water, <laughs> so now I'm throwing up, and you're losing all kinds of right. whatever you might yep. have in there anyway. You don't have anything, but I mean you are truly depleted. And this, you know, we did workouts like triple Murph, getting ready for this thing for, for 015 and for your event, we're doing right. these extended three hour workouts and, and trying not to drink any in anything other than plain water, no food, uh, probably no food from the night before. And that's preparing you some. It is. But, I uh, think it's more mental preparation though, too. So, so you get to, obviously you need to, you know, to feed your body after mm-hmm. you do workouts and train like this. So you don't need to fast and deplete your body. It's just going to hurt you. Um, but I think having a little bit of that in your training, it, it kind of adapts your mind mentally to what to expect. So yeah, my, you know, I, I feel a little lost. I, I'm having some stomach cramps or, yeah. or whatever. So, so I, as I was watching on Facebook, it seemed like there were a, a fair number of people. And then it really dropped down to like maybe four or five of you. It did. Yeah. So they were, um, I think at, at the end of the welcome party, they were seven. So we started with, I don't know the exact number, say 15 to 17. Uh, and through that four hours, um, it, it, it dropped quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we got down to seven. Um, and one of the people, and that's at the end of the welcome party. Uh, and one of the guys that dropped right at the end of the welcome party um, was Adam, you know, mm-hmm. which is yeah. another friend of ours who did in the first one. And he ended up doing this one. And uh, he trained well and uh, was in great shape. And um, we were going through the welcome party together and strong. Uh, he actually pushed me down in the mud a few times um, <laughs> uh, to do that at whatever cost, you know, pays to be a winner. Um, yeah. And But yeah, but it, it, I think his issue was he had a problem w- with some of the water. And I think they had some, uh, at least what he told me, some of the uh, sulfur Florida water wasn't agreeing with him well. Yeah. Um, you know, and it kind of got down. But so we lost him. and then. Um, you know, a couple others right then. So it, it got down to a core, you know, four or five people. So four or five people. One yeah. of them is a woman. It is. Yeah, she did great. Toughest woman I've ever seen. Um, and for half that welcome party, to put it, you know, she, she when she got punished, I guess, what, what they'll do for not doing some of the exercises correctly, she spent half that welcome party getting personal attention from two cadre. Yeah, which I is, saw that. I watched, I watched that. Yeah. And they had, Two of them. They had two of them there. Yeah. Two of them and we're just beating them down. Which is you way more were... intense than being with the group. Right. Um, so that that is uh I don't know how she did that, but that that is that, Yeah, and she <laughs> made it through and then 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 you guys continue. Um and at this point, you know, the the Facebook live feed is is even more personal because now you're kind of getting to know who these people are a little bit. There's some chatter going on. Oh, you know, that's this person. Right. And here's, the, yeah. here's a link to their bio. So people are starting to read about this. We lose Adam and, uh, and, and we're, we're really cheering for you. And it really gets down to three of you. People kept dropping and it was, it was hard to watch these people drop because they were, you know, I don't, it was hard to understand by watching Facebook, if they were dropping because they were breaking mentally or they were breaking physically or both. And maybe some of the people that have actually finished an event like this would tell you that you never break physically, you only break mentally. I mean, what do you think about that? 
Uh, I, I think it's a little of both. And there may be something, some people that, yeah, they get injured or have some physical condition they can't control. And yeah, it's physical. Um, I think the majority of it is, is mental, is why, is why you drop. But mental, based on physical conditions, <laughs> I guess to put it that way. Um, so yeah, there was four of us down there, uh, I guess after the welcome party, when the sun started to come up, um, and you know, so this, this one far off when I actually, when I actually dropped, I think I was in it, I don't know what it was, 22 hours or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and you know, what, what kind of got me, uh, to put in perspective. So we, we had, we got down to the four and then, I mean, I don't want to give away a whole lot of what we do in the welcome party, but there, there was a log, a log PT and, um, which was doable, but it, it just kind of got in my head. I've, you know, I'm five ten. you know, so log PT is yeah. when you're lifting, you know, there may be three or four of you, you're lifting the log over your head, you're carrying there it are. down the beach, you're doing all these exercises with there it. There is. Yeah. So they, they, they find somehow they find a, you know, a, a sequoia, mm-hmm. you know, floating yeah. in the swamp of Florida. And so that's what we have. But, um, so the other guys lined up with me. These guys are, you know, they're physical specimens. They're they're six two, you know, and and I'm in great shape, but I'm five ten, and mm-hmm. you know, so I'm on the log with these guys, and we're doing all the work. But the overhead stuff, the stuff we have to shoulder it, you know, my shoulder's not hitting the log. Mm-hmm. Good uh, for you. Yeah, yeah, Bad for yeah. them. Yeah, you think. <laughs> um, so I'm getting my head on it, my hands on it, whatever I can do to help the team. Um, you know, and you know all the cadre can see I try, but I'm just not putting it there. So. Uh, you know, they, they go and find me another token um, of great weight and odd size, which I don't know how they found this uh, in the swamp either. Um, and so they separated me away from the team at that point. So, mm. and I had this heavy weight and I had a personal intention from one cadre, um, you know, just in my ear and going and that, that broke me down physically, you know, there's a little more weight than the law goes used to. And um, then I think slowly mentally that I was doing it. So it's I, a sandbag, right? It was what they gave me. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. no this, you this didn't was, end up with a sandbag. Uh, no, guy. this was a piece of a is a piece of road. So it's about ten inches thick okay. and about no two feet wide piece of asphalt. Mm-hmm. So they found somewhere in the Florida swamp, you right. know. So I don't know his weight. It felt like it weighed five hundred pounds. It yeah. probably weighed eighty or something. I don't know. But so while they're doing the log, I had to follow them with this, you know, this piece of asphalt, and mm-hmm. I would drop it. The cadre would say, "No problem." He'd pick it up for me, and then he'd take it back and throw it 100 yards behind me. And I have to go back and get it, do it again. So, you know that that wore on me a lot, and, and especially not you know being up there with the other competitors uh, in the team. I think wore me a little bit, but I got through it. So uh, you know, my philosophy is, hey, you know, kind of live in the moment, just get through what's right in front of you, that mission right in front of you, and move on to the next task. And so I got through that. Um, and then went back to the next thing. Uh, I think we we had to do a, a duck walk race. Um, the kind of established position for the last four of us um, that were there. And uh, that's what ultimately what got me. Um, <clears throat> I was down, uh, we, you know, in the gravel parking lot. We're, we're doing some duck walks with the weight behind us. And, um, you know, the cadre was sitting there and telling me to do it right. Hands above my head. I try to put my hands above my head, but our bodies are pretty depleted at this time. So mm-hmm. my stabilizer muscles or whatever, you know, they, they'd fail. We'd fall over. I'd get back up, try it again. Um, then the, the, the one line that really stuck in my head was, you know, you're not doing this right. You can keep going, but you're not doing this right. Is this the way that you want to finish selection? Mm-hmm. You know, they put that little bug in my ear mm-hmm. and they saw me at a low point. Um, and so I made it a little farther and I, I felt like I was cheating if I, if I didn't do the movement right. And 
you know, that poked up into me and one of the cadre, uh, Ragnar, you know, was very kind and said, Hey, you know, is that it? Um, he caught me at the wrong, you know, wrong time right Mm -hmm. there. And he asked that that's it. Um, and at that point, I felt like I laid it out there. I was just, uh, no, physically, um, you know, I felt like I got down the duck walk and I was just stuck there. Um, I, I couldn't really will my, in that position, my, my legs to move like I wanted them to. And I, I felt like I wasn't doing it correctly. Um, which on the flip side, I, I spoke with, uh, Jason, who's the head of go, go rock and puts on this event. And, um, one of the things I really respected that he said is say, Hey, we're, you know, we're going to do that to you. We're going to tell you that do whatever it takes to move and get on the next thing, you know, mm-hmm. just get through it. And, um, you know, everyone has their highs and their lows and rides a wave and it's going to be a different point. So, you know, if you're sucking wind, you're at the back of the low, just get to the next thing. But yeah. And, and so that was it. Um, so I pulled on that and, uh, there's another guy who went right with me. Um, and he was, he was, he was the lead guy. He was winning the whole way and came out right with me. And, it, you know, it, so you two drop right there. And that's what yeah. happened in my class too, is there were 10, I drop. And then within 10 minutes, another five dropped. Exactly right. I yeah. mean, just, it was this moment of weakness and they prey on it and boom, 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 boom. They all go down. Yeah. And at this point, there's two left, right? There are. There are two left. Yeah. So, so, so it goes, I mean, you are so depleted that you cannot get your hands over your head and still no nutrition. Still no nutrition right. at this point. So no. you, nobody's had anything to eat. No. And, and, and they then make you carry here, with here you. Is what, here is what is incredible. <laughs> to somebody that doesn't know this event or, or maybe even more incredible to people that do know this event. You take a guy like Patrick and the other person that was there with you that just dropped. And these guys are, are in peak physical condition. They've mentally already been able to go through a tremendous amount. But there is another level. There is another level. And that other level is, is, um, is shown shortly. And, uh, you know, you're at what, 22 hours. The event is a 48 hour event. And one of these guys finishes. Yeah. And it's kind of making it to that 24 hour seems like kind of be the pinnacle. And that was one of my goals. So it seemed like if you can make the 24 hour mark, then, you know, it, you you can make it, um, just looking at some of the history, I guess Mm -hmm. the guys that finish, it seems like the guy that are two guys who make it to the 24 hour mark typically can make that last 24 hours. And, um, of course you don't know when that 24 hour mark is, (laughs) but yeah, but then you have, uh, like in, in, in our first class, Oh, one five, you had, um, you had roster number, um, was it 30, Oh, three, eight that was, was winning the event all the way doing, doing the best. And, um, actually had serious physical issues. He did. Yeah, um, his hospitalized. His, his, his kidneys shut yeah. down. And uh, so that's a, a place where he mentally overcame his body, but his body betrayed him and and just would not let him right. let him go. Yeah. But so so you do this event, the guy, you know, you 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 go out uh, an incredibly reputable uh, uh, time. You know, you're there for Longer than most, <laughs> you obviously overcome tremendous stuff. What does this mean to you? So I wasn't disappointed when when I pulled. You know, I felt like maybe if I didn't make it to the end of this one, I would be. Um, you know, going into it, and you need to think like this. You know, I'm going to finish. These my reason why I'm going to make it to the end. You know, nothing else is acceptable. But no, I, I felt like I really uh, laid it all out there. I, I was I was happy uh, and 
with with how I performed. Um, and I learned so much uh, just God, just about life and, and getting through hard times and good times and you know, all, you know going back to teamwork, even with the people, which I've, I've hardly met besides Adam. I didn't know anybody else there at Selection. I wasn't able to talk to anyone at Selection. But just those last four of us, um, you know, the hours we spent together, just beside each other working together, um, it's such a boost of confidence and you know, I actually felt super strong uh, with these other people behind me. Probably the best I felt to that point um, with the logs. And it wasn't really until, you know, they separated me out that, you know, kind of got to me. But I, I think it's an underlying theme is, is for me, the teamwork, you know, the people around you. and the It's support. interesting that you yeah. come back from an event where you can't talk to anyone and you can't help anyone and you can't act as a team. And that's what you come back from this event. Because I had a similar, similar. Yeah kind of epiphany about teamwork but it was it was entirely different context so so you're you're coming back with teamwork what what is it about teamwork that you that you get out of this event uh you know the the people around you and you know, you're pushing each other you really are so it, it's kind of set up with this event it's it's the competitors and the cadre mm -hmm. is how i see it when i got there the competitors one team you know and you know, the cadre, they're there to, to weed you out. You know, they're, they're pushing your breaking point to, you know, to give you everything you can handle and to see who can and who can. So it's, you know, it's, I think it's nearly impossible to do that by yourself, um, and at least for me. And, you know, the people there beside you and it, everything's a competition, everything's a race, uh, but, you know, you, you can't say it, but there, there's a com camaraderie and a support against the people doing it. Everybody knows the training that had to go into this thing, um, yeah. the dedication, you know, the sacrifice that goes into that. And so mm -hmm. I think that's all there. So how do you take that? How do you take that and bring it back to your regular life? Because most of the people that are doing this, I mean, some are, <coughs> are looking for uh, military service or, or getting ready for other training, but most are like you or I. They're, they're regular people with regular jobs or, or uh, whatever. What is it that you take back from, from these two events that you bring back into your life as a, I mean, you're a contractor, right? You built houses. I am, I, I am. Yes, I'm a contractor. So what do you um, take back into that? There's a lot of similarities, actually. And I'm, I'm sure it goes across the board with other professions, too. But so the, in, in a contract, and there's a lot of moving parts, there's a lot of chaos. But you come back and, you know, you can't do it all by yourself. So so there needs to be structure, scheduling, um, and you need to you need to rely on your team is what I do. Uh so I'll go back and with, with my subs and my supervisors and, um, you know, I guess I employ a, a more of a, of an ownership or pride in each person. So where maybe before that, you know, I want to oversee everything and be control of everything. Now I want to give that power to more of my team. And so we're more on of a working together instead of more of a, I don't want to say kind of hierarchy, I guess, in, in the stuff, but do you, did you, um, did you come back with, I mean, that's a real good thing to come back from with, with this teamwork and how you can improve your business. Did you come back at all with um, any sort of challenges? Like, uh, for instance, people are just not that tough around you. <laughs> I mean, you were just with some of the toughest people well, in the world. Yeah, so. And now this guy over here is, well, is complaining because he needs a sweater because it's too cold. In exactly here. right. Yeah. So obviously you start seeing things a little differently. Um, 
and, and, and at work versus other events and stuff you do. So say before selection, hey, a marathon or something sounds tough. Um, you know, after I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I'll do that with a backpack um, on. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> Uh, in fact, I did every Saturday for the last 16 <laughs> right. weeks. Yeah. And, and so more of a broad scheme, I guess, uh, things that seemed like before they were big issues or something to have a fuss over or like that is not that important. They know, you know, you can overcome that, you know, you can work through it. Um, <clears throat> you're going to get over the lows and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, get to, get to the highs. Um, but yeah, I guess you have a, a feeling more of, of what you're capable of and more, you know, both mentally and physically, what you can push yourself to uh, to do. And so, um, what and is that? For. What what are, what are the limits? Um, I don't know yet. <laughs> right. To be honest, yeah, I, I really don't. You know, I don't feel like I, I felt. Obviously, selection pushes you to to the limits uh, or about thereof. But but it may it makes you find limits. It does. You found you found your limit. <laughs> I found my limit. Yeah. But what's interesting is in both of our classes, somebody went on. Somebody kept on moving and and Absolutely. and finished. Yeah. So that would be my question now. If there were a selection three for Patrick, um, what does it take to finish? I I think a big thing, at least for me, um, and, and typical I felt like in life and and in <laughs> work too, is taking something from your previous experience. So so learning that, learning both training but what it means to you you know in your life and physically and taking that and advancing that forward how can i build upon this how can i make this better and so yeah i know some guys are out there and say hey i'm going to do this they did it knock it out and you know that's it maybe that was their goal i think selection for me is a challenge but it's it's a it's a stepping stone in life it's Mm -hmm. a way i can advance myself and and you know and do better Mm -hmm. and i want to you know i take that from selection and some lessons i've learned and in work and family, you know, I, I want to be an example of that, I guess. And so if my kids are playing sports or in school, um, or, you know, have a hard day or a hard game or something, you know, to, for them to be able to, for themselves, um, you know, mentally to be able to say, Hey, you know, let's, let's get up and do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Well, there are so many lessons. Some of the things that I, well, was there one thing that you take away from selection? And first of all, before we get into that, is there has there been a day that has gone by that you haven't thought about selection in some way, <laughs> shape, or form? Uh, it's a good question, um, and very seldomly. So, uh, if I don't think about it every day, um, it, it's still in the back of my back of my mind. It's you know, it, it's not two days that go by that I don't think about it, right? Um, you know, absolutely, and in, in a very positive way. I mean, it is a you know, the first round, I, I was disappointed and didn't have a good experience with it and felt left a lot on the table. This one, um, it, it's great. I mean, it's a great motivator. It, it still motivates me when I think about it a lot. And you can look back and it, it's accomplishment. And, mm-hmm. you know, what I take away from it, uh, a big thing is is the work. It's the work and the dedication and everything you put in, you know, you, you put in just to put your foot on the line to mm-hmm. start it. Um, right. And, you know, that, that that's a huge thing for me. Yeah. and And win or lose, I mean most people are are losing in this event. I mean, right. if you call it that, right? Like I'm hesitant to say most people are losing in this event because for my own reasons, I mean, I would love to call myself a selection finisher like I can call myself a Kokoro finisher. But to me, that's not winning. Winning is being able to do this event 
and take away from it something that makes you a better person in life, something that isn't a uh, temporary thing that you come back and it's like when you when you read a self-improvement book or something like that and all of a sudden you know for two weeks you're 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 cruising you're doing what it, what the guy said and you're writing in your journal or you're doing whatever he said and and things are good but then it, it it doesn't stick and it's not a permanent change and then there are other things that that you do that are full-on experiences and these experiences like for some, it may be a, a marathon. For others, it may be a Seal Fit 20X. For others, they have to take it a step further and do a Seal Fit Kokoro 50-hour thing. For others, it may be Go Ruck Selection, or it may be both. Yeah. I mean, we've got yeah. our crazy friend, Jonathan Hurtado, which is one of the guys that was with you, yep. um, has done Kokoro and Selection multiple times. He was in 015. <laughs> he was in your class. He was one of the last people there. And, uh, you know, I, I stay in touch with him, and he he continues to do events and man, talk about some demons. There's some demons in oh, there man. you can't get and, rid of. And you got to, I mean, you do this too. You're, I think everyone's going to have some demons. Yeah. You know, well, well, you got the demons that are the ones and we call them demons, but it's really something inside that, that you need to wrestle with and you need to take yourself to this, this extreme physical challenge to come to terms with, are you going to cave? Are you going to persevere? And, you know, I don't call it losing. I mean, I look at, I look at my, my experience with, with selection and I think it's a big win for me because one of the things that I took back immediately was that until I did selection, I didn't fully realize the lessons that Kokoro had taught me. Yeah. And I didn't fully realize this until after selection, because one of the things that we were talking about earlier was that this seal fit Kokoro, the whole, the entire purpose was to bind this group of people who did not know one another, to bind them together in a way that was, that was permanent and indelible and bind them there through hard work, complete physical devastation and humor. Yeah, <laughs> it's always it's always funny. So sweat, puke, uh, hard work, and humor binds binds right. people together more so than 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 really anything else. I I we got through that. I didn't realize. Oh well, fifty hours. I can go fifty hours without sleeping. I can work out for fifty hours. Wow. I can. You know, we moved about seventy miles in Kokoro. I, I that's incredible. That's the furthest I've ever gone. I, I went through tons of barriers. I, I, I extended myself in, in times of, of uh, feeling like it's time to quit, realizing, no, I can do this, and going through, and, and an hour later, you feel like you're, you're Superman, right? An, yeah. a, an hour yeah. before, you couldn't raise your arms over your head. An hour later, you feel like you're Superman. Um, so Kokoro went well. Selection did. It went Okay. I mean, but what was great for me about selection is that I realized that without a team, I am really, really weak. I'm the same experience. Very, very weak. Yeah. And that's the lesson that, that Kokoro should have taught me, right? And I'm sure that plenty of the people that I went through that with came away with that lesson. Wow, teamwork is awesome. I've got to I've got to go out and I've got to be a good team leader and and you know other lessons I learned there is that in order to be an exceptional leader you have to be an exceptional follower and you learn quickly what that means and how to how to execute that in your daily life. 
So then you go into selection and it's exactly the opposite and you come away and it's so much harder. It was so much harder for me. Other people may not have felt this way, but I found it to be unbelievably harder than Kokoro. And what was missing? It wasn't that the work was harder. It, I mean, partly because you didn't get anything to eat at all and we were <laughs> fed in Kokoro, um, partly because of that, but, but mostly because even from strangers, there was no opportunity to help anyone and there was no opportunity to get help from anyone. And that made me realize that if you, in your life, if you are, if you are having trouble in your life and you put yourself on an island and you just go out there and you don't ask anybody for any help and you don't talk to anybody and you stay away from your friends and you stay away from the people that, that love you and you don't talk to them about it, ask for help or, or do anything, man, you are setting yourself up for failure. Like no, nothing else that you can do. We as human beings will function the best as a team. I am 100% positive of that, and I do not have that in my background. Uh, my background in, in sports is wrestling, is swimming, is racquetball, is... is uh, same uh, way. Yeah, yeah. all I mean, individual sports. And a swimmer. Right. Yeah, exactly. same way. Yeah. All individual sports, which lead you to believe that you are capable of doing anything that you want to, which is a great attitude, except when it's taken too far and you just put yourself out on that island and don't ask anyone for help. Yep. So if you can find a way to develop these leadership skills through reading books, that's amazing. Most people can't. Like I say, it is a temporary fix. You get a couple of ideas from each one of these books, and it's it's nice, and it lasts for a short period of time. You can go to a seminar or, or a weekend conference, and some of that is going to stick. But my experience of these two events is that when you go here, this is an absolute permanent change that you experience in your life. It is, yeah. Unlike, well, it's really like a near-death experience. Like you see people <laughs> that, that have a near-death experience and they're different. From then on, they are different. They are never the same. That's how it was for me when I went to Kokoro. And that's how it was when I came back from selection. And even the fact that I did not finish selection but I made it long enough to 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 get exactly all right. the challenge I needed. <laughs> they gave me everything I wanted and more. Um, then, months later, I realized, wow, with a with a true epiphany of, wow, I really learned a lot more at selection. I mean, at, at Kokoro than I thought. And it took. I'm just hard headed, I guess. Some people might call me dumb. I mean, it takes another twenty hours of beat down by Green Berets to, yeah to let you realize the lesson that you learned the first time, right? But for me, I came back and I was a better husband. I was a better father. I was a better leader in my business. I was a better fishing guide. I was a better television host. I was a better friend. I was better at every single thing in my life. And that has not stopped. I mean, I look at my life and I'm like, I can think of a couple of places in my life where it was like, before this event, I was one way. After this event, I was another. Okay. A, a, a big growth period. Right. Maybe it's high school graduation for some people. Maybe it's college graduation and for it's others. It's a milestone. Yeah. Actually. It's yeah, a milestone. I mean, it's... Maybe, maybe you got your first job and and all of a sudden reality sets in and and no more screwing around. Now yeah. you're Now you're a different person. And that lasts for the rest of your life. Well, a lot of people want to challenge themselves with something like this. They read books about Navy SEALs or Green Berets or these things, but they're advanced in their life. They're, they're 
25, 28, maybe they've got a family. Maybe it's not the best time. Maybe they've already gone down some path of, of success or a path of, yeah. of a job and they can't really, Feel it's stuck. just not the right yeah. time to, to, to go be a Navy SEAL or go be a Green Beret. Some people can, right? At 20, 24, 25 years old, I'm going to totally change my life and I'm going to go down that road. But for the people that can't or don't want to, but they still want to see, could I do it? Man, those two events, <laughs> they'll show I, you. It's about as close as you're going to get. You know, yeah. and, and what, I, what I was talking before, you know, they, they literally take, I think, the, the most grueling part, you know, uh, of their week-long cruise. Well, I have, I, I have two days. No, <laughs> I, I have no idea what really goes on in Bud's Hell Week, and I have no idea what really goes on in Selection, but all I can tell you is that I signed up to get a, the ultimate challenge and to experience a crucible event. Now, whether that is what the Navy SEALs go through or what the Green Berets go through, it doesn't matter. Oh, it delivered. What it delivered yeah. for me was an absolute crucible event. And there was a person that walked into that event and there was a person that walked out and they weren't the same. And the same thing happened at, at, at selection, even to another level. And now I find myself kind of sitting back thinking, what's next? And I want another crucible event like that. I don't know that I want to sacrifice my body in that <laughs> way. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 50, yeah. right? So could I step back to the line? I'm sure that I can. I know that I can step back to the line. But what's the point of stepping back to the line if I'm really not fully committed on finishing? And I know I know what that means. You know what that means. Some yeah. of the people that are listening to this might know what that means, but fully committed means you're ready to die to cross that finish line. Yeah, or on you know, on the other side of that, did you get enough out of it? Did you learn right. enough out of that experience to where you're you're comfortable with it? And, yeah. and if you did, you're you're not going to want to go back in there and be fully involved in it. So Well, and and you're going to look for that next crucible. And that, it's that also kind of like do you have regrets? Like the first event, you come back, you've got major regrets. Man, I'm better than that. I know I could do that. Yeah. I showed up hurt. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I can do better. So you step back up. I walk away from selection thinking, I learned everything I needed to learn and way more. Like <laughs> finishing, I'm not sure what more I would have learned. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there would, it would have opened doors in my mind that I have no understanding of right now. But honestly, I gave it everything I had. I was completely and fully physically and mentally completely broken. I've never been that like that, even close to that in my life. And, and, and they did it. They broke me completely. And I walked away from that. No regrets whatsoever. Absolutely no regrets. And, but, um, you on the other hand are still searching and you, I am. So, what's next? Th there may be another selection on the horizon. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say that's not out. Um, I, I think about it a lot, and I think I had a great experience with this last one. I took away a ton from it, and I, I'm still learning every day from selection. I think you continue from experience like that. But uh, you know, there, I don't feel like there are any regrets. Um, I, I go back and do think, hey, you know, if I stuck it out for another five minutes. Which, if I did, I would have been on to the next, uh, the next exercise. You never know, and you go through, and you never know. And so, I always have that little bit of doubt and what if um, in my mind. And 
And I'm doing some other events in between, uh, some different events, and, and it kind of keep pushing forward um, to expand a little bit. But it, you know, it's still there. Um, you know, there's there, there's still a little bit What's there. What's the next event? Uh, so we we have a next um, event. It's called the C to C, and it's a venture race, and uh, it's down in Florida, and it's a 72 hour race, and it, it starts on one coast and it finishes on the other coast, and it's a combination of uh, navigation and map and compass and, you know, trail running and mountain biking and paddling. So um, there are known, known events there, there are going known, into this? There are known events. Um, you know, roughly the, the total distance uh, uh, of each of, I say the cumulative of, uh, distance of each, you know, each of the paddling uh, stuff and the, the rest you don't know until you get there. You know, and so normally looking at something like this uh, and you have a partner, so it's a team event, which is a big plus too. But I, I think if you're talking to me to do this, because I've done some 24-hour ones before, which those are a stretch or big commitment, uh, you feel de- totally depleted after. Um, if you told me to go do a 72-hour event, you know, I, I may have said, no way. You know, it's not something I can handle right now. Post-selection? <laughs> after that, after going through that, and I just made it 22 hours. I look at a 72-hour race like this uh, and what's involved and... I'm excited. I'm like, let's do it. Dude. You know. <laughs> well, all I know is you're not going to have nine green berets <laughs> no, chasing after a, you the whole time. It, it's a completely yeah <laughs> different deal. And this is more of a, you know, this I consider a team building and and working together and kind of you know self you know perseverance across the state of Florida, you know. And, and so it, it, it's a more I don't know. Uh, exciting, um, you know, <laughs> hopeful. But well, it's certainly way different. Um, <laughs> I remember when uh, I got back from selection and I'm watching the Ironman with Michael Miller and we're looking at this event going by and I was like, man, check that out. People are just giving them Gatorade, like yeah. just just people standing yeah. on the side of the road are like just giving them Gatorade. That looks awesome. Eat not whenever one, they want. Not yeah. one person has a backpack on. Right. No one is wearing pants or boots. This is amazing. Yeah. Let's do this next time. <laughs> um, yeah, it's amazing that how your perspective changes. It does a lot, um, and, and with anything. I mean, like say so you put it back into work and family, and you know nothing seems too much and not overcomable, I guess you can say. So anything you can get through and work together and you can accomplish and get to your goal. Um, and that's a big, big thing you take away from these events. And at least for me, uh, moving forward and yeah, there's still some drive out there, I think. And I like these and want to continue, um, to do it and, and grow and hopefully take away, you know, um, life lessons from every one of these things you do. You yeah. Know? So, well, I know that I did. And, um, uh, I would say that that's probably a pretty good place to end this one. For those people who might have gotten some um, motivation to look into, I'm not going to say sign up for, but look (laughs) into what selection is. Uh, You're going to find that by Googling Go Ruck Selection. And if you do that, you're probably going to come across all kinds of information on selection. Uh, it is a, I will tell you that it is a very underground thing that, um, only, only the most motivated, also the most crazy and, uh, also the most disciplined people 
will embark on. If you choose to do it, I, uh, I wish you luck. I'd love to hear your story. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, if you choose to do it and you don't make it, you are among the majority. If you choose to do it and don't even sh- show up for the, uh, the start line, you're in the majority. If you choose to do it and you are among one of the finishers, there's probably how many finishers total ever in history? I don't know. Maybe two dozen, you know, yeah. uh, maybe. At yeah, that. I don't a, know a small number. Is. Yeah, a small select number of people that are um, unbelievably mental, t- mentally tough and physically prepared. Also, we talked about um, Seal Fit Kokoro. That's easy to find. Also, you can Google Mark Devine. The organization that he has is Seal Fit. The camp is called Kokoro. He also has something called Kokoro Yoga, which is entirely different. If you're looking for the supreme challenge, I'm sure Kokoro Yoga will give you a challenge, but it will not be the one that you will find in hour 37 of Kokoro. So Google those things, check them out, go to, go to Seal Fit. And uh, if you are so motivated, please, please make sure that you are ready before you sign up for those events. And ready means ready. Like you are unstoppable. You are Superman. You feel like a superhero and probably look like a superhero with weird muscles popping out all over your back <laughs> from carrying a rug. <laughs> um, but anyway, I want to thank Patrick for coming and doing oh, this with you. us. And uh, if you enjoyed this, um, let us know. We will be back with Patrick's next challenge and we can find out if he did jump out of an airplane or not <laughs> in the sea to sea. But anyway, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you later. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope you got something out of that. Got just a little bit of news. We have started a weekly show that is designed to be up-to-the-minute videos of what's happening this week, mostly in the Florida Keys, but also in other places that we fish as well. We'll be putting that out every week, and the best way to find that is to subscribe to the YouTube channel, YouTube slash Saltwater Experience. Search Saltwater Experience on YouTube subscribe to that channel and you will get updates of when a new video is published. I've also figured out how to put the podcast on YouTube. Finally, a lot of people like to put that window behind other things they're working on and listen to the podcast while they are working. So we now have that for you. And there is a playlist called podcast. There's a playlist called weekly show. You can go and see all the new videos that we're putting up there. Started a new email address specifically for this show. And that is podcast at saltwaterexperience.com, podcast at saltwaterexperience.com. Those emails come directly to me. I'll see every single one of them. So if you have comments, suggestions, ways we can make the show better, and particularly if you have suggestions of someone you would like to see me sit down with in the hunting world, in the fishing world, in the outdoor sports world, or just a motivation, inspirational character, or someone that can teach us all something. I'm very interested in your suggestions. So that's podcast at saltwaterexperience.com. You can get the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and we're also publishing it on the blog. The weekly show will be published on the blog too, but the best way is to go to YouTube, subscribe there, and you'll get it immediately when it's published. So until next week, thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.
I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app.